Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Ginger Zamata and I. Ginger, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good to be here. I am awesome. I'm really looking forward to this conversation because you do some amazing work that I think is going to be really beneficial to my audience when it comes to standing out in a sea of sameness. So let's share a little bit about you in this awesome work you do. Yeah, awesome. So I have a brand strategy company. We primarily work with service-based businesses and we work with folks that are struggling to stand apart from their competitors in a sea of sameness. As you said, uh, there's a lot of um, best practices, right? <laughs> which means a lot of copycats. And, and that makes it difficult for, for companies to sustain a competitive advantage. So that's what we help them do. You know, with all of the new businesses that have been launched over the last few years, and even during this pandemic, there's been a lot of people that have decided enough's enough. You know, they're all part of the great resignation and they've left their companies and they've launched new businesses. And so far, so good, but they're running into this. Well, there's like 8 billion of people that are doing kind of the same thing that I'm doing. How do I stand out? What are some things that I need to do? And what are some common mistakes that you see uh, your clients struggle with when they come to you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. A lot of what we get is folks that are trying to kind of fix a symptom and don't realize that they need to do things. Uh, we get folks all the time that say, hey, you know, Ginger, can you help us? We need a new website. Hey, we need help with our social strategy. Hey, we need help with this. And, you know, the question I usually ask is, what what's wrong with it exactly like what why is it not working and after doing a little bit of digging what we usually find is that they didn't um really take as much time as they probably needed to 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 really look at the market landscape figure out what hole can they fill that is viable, meaning they can actually make a business out of filling that hole, you know, defensible, and meaning that they're bringing something unique, you know, to the table. And this is the hardest part, that they can communicate well, right? I mean, the, the, you and I both know it's not always the best product or service that wins. It's the one that, that communicates that, you know, how, how they do what they do that, that often gets, um, gets the, the biggest share of wallet. Yeah, you don't have to be the best. You just have to be the one where people will recognize you and feel that you have the the value that matches what they're looking for. And because you see it all the time, I, Absolutely. to date myself, the whole VHS versus beta and videotapes. You know, the, I know there's a backstory to it, but you know, beta's quality was so much better. But you know, the masses ended up going with VHS, and well, we had bigger bigger bookshelves because of it. Um, I don't think I have any VHS tapes anymore. Not anymore. I finally got rid of them. You know, when, when, yeah. I, I think the last ones may have been a few blues clues videos for my kids, but that was about yeah. it. So, so they're all, they're all gone. So, so in working with your organization and, and I think that one of the key things I want to hammer home in our conversation today is because there's so much and there's so many business out there launching different things. I, I hope that 
people listening don't say, well, you know what? Yeah, I'm too much like everybody else. I'm not going to do it. Because while you may have some similarities, what you offer comes from a different and a unique perspective than others. And you may be able to serve clients better than someone that offers something similar. So how do you encourage people? Because I'm sure you encounter people that after you start asking these questions, like what's wrong with the website or what's wrong with your social media presence and all that, I'm sure they feel a little deflated. So how do you bring them back up and, and renew their, their vigor on you have an actually a, a pretty good product that we just need to position it the right way? Yeah, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. You can't be afraid of competition in today's world. There's there's competition for everything, right? You know, and so I think what's what's most important is to, you know, and and um, you know, this is not breakthrough, but you've got to figure out, you know, who am I really trying to help, right? So who are you trying to help? What do they care about? And then how can you kind of tell your story in, in how you solve their problem in your unique way? And that sometimes has nothing to do with the product or service itself. It might be how you deliver that product or service. It might be an unboxing. You know, it might be something um, in, in terms of your customer service or something else. And so I think what you've got to kind of figure out is, and some of this is sort of like, you know, that red to blue ocean exercise It is. What are people flocking to? That gives you sort of the big ocean that you're that you're going to play that you're going to play in. But then also, you know, where are the holes that really are not being met? And there's always holes for one particular person. You, you know, I tell people that the, the challenge that they have often with their product or service is the curse of knowledge. They know all the things it can do, and they want to communicate all of those things, which most of the time is not going to give you strategic advantage. You know, I always say there's riches in the niches. You've got a niche down in terms of who are you trying to serve with a very specific and urgent issue that they want to solve. And then what is the one or two things that you can do to kind of answer that question? Once you pull them closer, they can get to know you more and find out about all of the other great things. But but a lot of times the biggest problem is people are just trying to take too big a bite out of out of the market and end up end up taking no bite at all. That's so well said because yeah, I see new business owners all the time. So how what do you do? Well I do all this and I'm like, okay. So you're a one stop shop. Okay. Well the only problem is a lot of people right now are looking for a specific thing. Because they say, yes, we know we've got these eight things we need to address, but right now I need this. And if you are presenting yourself as I can play every position, you know, you're not going to be great at all of those positions. You're going to be okay, maybe yeah. better at other things. But you know, if you're looking for that weak spot or that you know that hole, like you mentioned, where it's like there's always something. You know, from the Amazons to the Apples to the Samsungs, they all do great things. They they solve a lot of challenges for people that use their products and services. But there's still some things that those companies don't do where somebody else can say, you know what, we can fill that particular void. And those are the ones that, you know, basically, if they do it right, you know, will be very, very successful. Yeah, I, you know, what I find is we sort of break the, we break kind of business brand maturity, not necessarily how long the company's been around, but the brand maturity into three tiers, right? There's the leaders, 
there's the challengers, and then there's everyone else, which I call up, you know, the starters, the strivers, and the strugglers. You know, they're they're playing an arbitrage game, and, and I think sometimes the challenge, you know, uh, of those startup strivers and strugglers is, you know, they're mistakenly trying to model leaders after they've already gotten to that leadership position, you know, but the leaders had to kind of go through a path to get there. And, and so sometimes it's a matter of like, you know, you either hit the rewind button and figure out like how they started, you know, if that's how you actually want to model or figure out, you know, for yourself, do a little bit of think work, do some a discovery process on yourself. So, you know, when, when we start working with clients, First, we just kind of break the whole thing apart. I mean, we're trying to get into like all of the nitty gritty kind of during discovery to figure out what's the challenge here? Is it really a brand problem? Sometimes it's an internal operations problem. Sometimes it's a culture problem, you know, and that everybody's just not on the same plane in terms of how to interpret what the value is. But you got to go through that process, rewind, think, think, you know, about your first you know, few and best customers in terms of the problem you're solving. And usually if you can kind of use that entry as the wedge to kind of open up the door, you're going to do a lot better, a lot faster versus going broad. Do you run into challenges where your customer wants things to be resolved yesterday, basically, and they, and they, they say they don't have time to take a look at it. We just need something to run, you know, like a off the shelf type of solution. I'm sure you run into that quite a bit. All the time, all the time. It's, it's um, frustrating as hell, you know, cause like, well, I don't need to, I already know, you know, I already know my strategy. I just need, you know, I, I just need an, a new um, social camp. I just need PPC. I have everything figured out. I just need pay-per-click, you know, for us, we usually tell them, okay, that's not going to be us happy to give you a referral to someone that can help you with that. But if you want to solve sort of your, your bigger problem and not be in an arbitrage game, you know, let's just have a conversation about what are you actually trying to accomplish and who are you trying to accomplish it with folks that don't want to get that done are either going to be, you know, one of the one in a million who gets lucky throwing, you know, the spaghetti against the fridge, which doesn't happen very often, you know, or they're going to waste a lot of time and money, you know, just on the little rabbit trail, kind of trying to trying to solve the same problem over and over again. Yeah, it's a case of we got everything together, but you keep tripping over that bump and the rug in the waiting area. And it's because that's all the baggage that you haven't addressed since you launched the business day one. And yeah. it it's extremely frustrating because, well, we just need it to run. Okay, well... We need to see how it's running in order for us to figure out how to make it run the way that you want. And again, founder's bias, I see that a lot and I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. Sometimes we think, no, this is the path we should take. But getting that outside point of view without all of the biases and experiences and all the things that we have in our head that got us to this point, um, like the phrase says, what got you here won't get you there. Yeah, And I think a lot of founders run into that situation where they're like, okay, they get the growth to a certain point and say, like, okay, well, how do I get from the 1 million to the 10 million or the 10 million to a hundred million? Well, those are some big, big different steps. Those aren't just say, okay, we'll bring on more warehouses. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. So if you were to give one bit of advice 
for entrepreneurs, and I think I know what it is, but it's always good to ask, you know, the people that actually do this work, you know, how can they prepare themselves to make sure that they're successful in their branding, um, getting the message out and, and all of that, you know, with all the stuff that we've talked about today, is there something that you see time and time again, that seems to be the biggest hurdle? You know, I, uh, yeah, I think the biggest hurdle they usually have is communicating to other humans what they do and, and, and what, and what it solves. And so one of the easiest things I think for folks to, um, to do is tell other people who don't know what they do in one sentence, this is what I or my thing or my service does. And try to figure out if they understood what the hell you were talking about, right? So, I mean, what, what we help brands do a lot of times is just use clear and direct language. I tell everybody, communicate as if you're talking, you know, to a third grader. Use very simple, clear language to explain what you do and see if it's understood. That little thing often is the challenge, right? Because you're either going to get I still don't understand. I'm sorry. What do you do when you, when you try to like, I always say, you know, it's better to be clear than clever. Don't try to get all of that salesy, perfect wording, rehearsed speech going, just be clear about what it is. See if it's understood and have them tell you back. And if they didn't get it, you've got some work to do. Either you don't actually understand what they want or you don't understand how to communicate what you have, or you might be barking up the wrong tree and it's better to find out, you know, sooner than later, if nobody cares. Yeah, it's as if they get about an hour and a half into the sales presentation when they haven't even said hello yet, yeah. and it's like it's like you're you're losing them. And I love the analogy of you know, going to going to elementary school and explaining it to some younger children and and say, okay, this is what I do. And okay, what did you say? You know, Ginger does, and and they will say it, and they'll go, okay. You know, they may use some of the language that they're used to at that age, but at least you'll be able to pick it up and go, okay, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Otherwise, totally. otherwise, you're like, hmm, maybe I don't even know what I do. And that's sometimes we do that because, again, we, you know, we, we are proud of the work that we do and we know it impacts organizations and individuals, but it does come down to communication uh, and making sure that they understand because once they understand, then you can take the next step. Then there's, you don't have to go back to the, let's, let's go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago. Um, yeah. Because if, if you're clear without or throughout it, then it makes it so much easier. hundred percent. You know, I, I think we all go around with some level of imposter syndrome, right? And so when we're trying to, especially, you know, new young companies that maybe haven't a thousand percent found their product market fit, you know, what they try to do a lot of times is sound smart, right? Sound sophisticated. But in the meantime, they're really talking to themselves. They're sacrificing that, that ability to connect with the consumer that probably could really use their solution if they only understood what it was in, in like relatable terms, which is why, I mean, a lot of times when I'm, when I'm coaching younger companies and I do a lot of presentation coaching, I literally take children's books. I'm like, what, what do these children's books have in common? Very few words, you know, sometimes kind of 
few words, lots of visuals, like, you know, there's some st- storytelling at work. We do a lot of strategic storytelling, but there's a reason we all remember the giving tree and some of these, you know, you know, icons of children's books. And it's because they were very simple. They hit us at, a, at an emotional level as well as a logical level. And I think that's a, that's a big problem too. People try to be way too logical with their stuff. And the last question for as we wrap up uh, this pandemic, um, have you noticed any differences as far as organizations and businesses in trying to get uh, their message out? Is there, has there been new challenges for them or some, you know, maybe some um, I don't know, awareness or new discoveries that uh, has helped them uh, become a little bit more brand aware uh, during this pandemic? You know, certainly one thing I've noticed with our clients and, and, you know, we were very lucky. Most of our clients were were semi-pandemic proof and that's just a matter of, of luck in a way in, in terms of our client set. But what, what we found ourselves really helping them with was making sure that they were relating with their customers, right? In, in very kind of human terms, understanding that, that, People have um, very challenged lives. Everyone, you know, everyone's trying to work, you know, at home with the internet going out, the dog barking and the kid walking through their, their Zoom conference, right? And so what, what we noticed is it was a great check in a way, not to discount all of the terrible things about the pandemic, but it was a great check in terms of bringing a lot of people back to their humanity, having them actually kind of relate as, as real people to their customers and clients. And that's always going to actually give you an advantage as well. You know, I I remember I I speak in all these parables, but you know, emotion, sell, logic, justify. So when you can be human and relate in, in a real way, you're giving yourself an advantage from the start. I think that's the takeaway of everything is communication and be human. And I think we connect with organizations and people that are human um, and not robotic. And I think it goes a long way in helping us get our messaging out to fellow humans uh, that could benefit from the products and services that we offer. So Ginger, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you do? Thank you, Michael. You can uh, actually, the easiest way, we're going to go through a little bit of rebrand in the future. So right now, just go to gingerzumeda.com and you can choose your own adventure. Awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Ginger, again, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you and, and continued success and, and happy Thanksgiving at the time of this recording. So happy Thanksgiving and thank you for everything that you do. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.